Welcome back to the Better With Running podcast. My name is Matt Davey, coach of Run to PB and Marathoner. And this week, alongside me, I'm joined um, by two very tired uh, but super inspired coaches and runners from Run to PB. Here we have Zach and Newman and Chris Armstrong. Welcome, welcome, guys. Welcome to the show. Beyond mattress, yeah, yeah, definitely a bit tired and uh, maybe feeling a bit of the uh, post Olympics blues. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's great to be here, guys. I'm feeling a bit sleep-deprived after the last couple of weeks, but um, absolutely very keen to have a chat about all things Olympics and running with you guys. Yeah, it's been such a, a huge couple of weeks, and um, I don't know about you guys, but it, it felt a bit of a lull last night when um, the voice came on instead of the Olympics, and I was a little <laughs> bit down. But um, it has obviously uh, allowed us to catch up with some catch up with a little bit of sleep and you know, I reckon this whole next week I'm going to be trying to trying to catch up on that sort of stuff and yeah what a what an absolutely amazing couple of weeks though that it's been oh it's a mattress and I was just gonna say um I know it's just captivated I mean it does every every Olympics but like I just feel like this this year even more like with what with everything going on that more people have just been able to find that escapism in the Olympics and really get behind, um, you know, the, the event, the Aussies. And like, I, I had a couple of um, school friends that I'm, you know, regularly chat about other stuff. And every night then during the athletics program, they were like messaging me, asking me what program, what's on tonight, what Aussies are, what are the chances? Tell me about <laughs> this guy, tell me about that girl. Um, and yeah, every night they were, you know, what watching all the events and getting really excited about it. I think that was um that was pretty cool to see and, and we'll talk about it a bit later about the, the amount of coverage that um you know the, the amount of um watches and, and viewership in the athletics it absolutely smashed it out of the park and it was great to see it at the four under the four. Yeah do you reckon that was a lot um like just on that sort of I mean not just the viewership but the the seven plus app I don't think that's ever been a part of um the olympics before and so you had so much more access to to different events and so you could really tune in on on particular events and, and even go back like a couple of times i couldn't stay up till you know 10 30 11 o'clock at night to watch some of the events so the next morning <clears throat> i'd get up and and they had um had the replay the full um full replay there that you could just access straight away and, and just sit up with a coffee um in bed and, and watch it on the ipad yeah Um, but yeah, obviously there's so much to, to cover from the Olympics and it was what I, what I thought and what I saw was, was just a really huge sort of team event, um, and, and team effort, um, especially by the Australians in, in the track and field team. Um, and amazing to see the support being shown and, and you could see, uh, a lot of times when the, when the javelin was on or when the high jump was on, you could see the Aussies in the background there. And, and also the images coming out of the social media and really, really looked more like a, a team event rather than just a bunch of individuals competing by themselves. Um, but yeah, so that was, for me, was, was great to see. And, and um, it, it was a bit of a, a highlight 
for for in general. Um, but you're focusing in, I guess, on on some of the magical moments in, in terms of um, individual efforts uh, from the track and the road. Let's have a let's have a bit of a chat about um, going from you know, the, the longest event, going through the marathon, um, which was really prime prime time viewing. I, I did see a lot of. Um, PM, oh no, sorry, Arvo, Arvo or, or early or mid-morning runs popping up um, post post marathon. Um, but yeah, the Aussie ladies, what a what a great team effort they had um, for all three three of them. So we had Sinead Diver coming in ten spot in two thirty one, uh, Ellie Pashley two thirty three in twenty third, and yeah, Lisa Waitman two thirty four for twenty six. So it's absolutely amazing running from all all three girls there. Yeah, it was um, just massive, like, to see <laughs> what these ladies achieved uh, and the way they went about it to run through the field like that, run so smart. It was just, uh, it was captivating, wasn't it, watching that marathon? And, uh, yeah, I just couldn't be happier for all three of them. I think they deserved, um, just got got the result. They, they truly worked so hard. And you, you saw the images of, and we heard about it through various media um, outlets this the way they prepared up at Cairns and what they were doing in terms of like pre-cooling, jumping in ice baths before sessions and runs and then, you know, doing stuff in full tights and beanies and like it was just they executed on the day, just uh, amazing performances. Oh, I think um, I'm a bit biased, <laughs> but um, Sinead's marathon was probably my favourite moment of the Games. Um, you know, here's a lady who didn't really start running until she's 33 and, uh, you know, arguably, I suppose, in the um, distance running, that sort of 28 to 32 windows typically the physical prime. But, um, you know, first marathon at 37 and um, I've even been lucky at work over the last couple of weeks that, um, you know, even on our, I suppose, internal work feeds, I sort of work at the same place as Sinead and she's been all over the the, um, over the emails and the, and the social feeds here, which has been really cool. Um, but, yeah, just to, to see her execute a race like that, um, to move through the field and back herself in and finish top 10 at the Olympics, um, see her come across the line and sort of um, I'd actually move my session forward so I didn't find out till late Friday night. But, um, yeah, the, the marathon for the ladies had been moved forward now, so... Um, you know, I've got, I think I got up at just after four o'clock so I could get ready to do my session. So I was home by seven to be able to watch it all and to see it come across the line and then um, do that interview. I, I'd held it all together until um, she started mentioning um, Eddie and Dara and kids and um, it was like someone had just instantly started cutting onions at our house. So um, the tears started to flow. But, oh, man, um, what a story. And I've been really privileged to be able to follow along with, with Sinead's journey over the the last few years and um, yeah, much like a lot of our other athletes as well but yeah this one was just a bit extra special for me yeah i think she's resonated with a with a lot of people and um i know i saw a few um facebook statuses from people that don't really get involved with running and, and commenting on it and yeah she sort of really captured the the public's um attention with that run and deservedly so like debuting in america but debuting in the olympics at 44 is so impressive yeah, it was just, it was inspiring and just uh, what what a um, marathon it was really. And, and just just off the Aussies for a second, Molly Sidehouse run as well. That was just like, 
um, yeah, oh. un- she, unexpected, I guess. <laughs> she, she was amazing. I mean, um, you look for little telltale signs early on in the race to see when people begin to struggle. And I think early on, Molly just looked, uh, yeah, Molly, Molly had a bit of a grimace early and thought, oh, okay, well, she's working quite hard. It's hot. We'll see when she, you know, pops, but she just stuck at it and she was there the whole way. Mm. And like you say, with that grimace, I know um, I noticed that she missed her first drink at about 5K and she her face looked really panicked. Um, and that kind of didn't really change too much throughout the, throughout the whole race. And so I was, you know, there's a lot of times there I was quite concerned with, with how, whether, whether she was going to manage to, to hold on like she did because the way, um, yeah, her face was reading. But I don't know if that's just her, her game face or her, yeah. Um, what it is but yeah that was um such an impressive like performance for to, um and, and the two who beat her were 217 and 214 runners and, and her pb's 225 so it it really shows it yeah the what what an amazing run that was oh it was incredible i mean on, on paper marathons are never done there but on paper she wasn't even really in the conversation um to finish top three but you know just um what a what a game plan i suppose it also highlights to me how good is it um to have trials for the marathon i mean going into u.s trials she probably wasn't really rated a chance of making the team either but just showed how well she could sort of put together when it counts and then along come the olympics and there she's again so yeah switching across to the men's marathon which was held on on the sunday and it, and it looked like they had fairly similar uh, conditions. I, I think I think it might have been a little bit more cloudy um, than the women's, but still the heat um, was up there. I, I think I looked and saw it about twenty seven degrees and around seventy odd percent humidity. Um, and they obviously started that hour later as well than the women. After they, as, as Chris mentioned, they said the women started that hour earlier. Um, absolutely brutal conditions, but uh, Liam Adams just absolutely as tough as they come. Finished twenty fourth. Um, and we'll go through how he moved through the field. But 24th in 215.51. Uh, Brett Robinson, 66 in 2.24. And, yeah, unfortunately, Jack Rayner, as, as we found out on, on the commentary uh, yesterday, had uh, suffered a femoral stress reaction. And so, yeah, and unfortunately, DNF'd around, around 10K. Um, yeah, I remember seeing the video. Oh, sorry, seeing him pop up on the, um, on the screen. I thought he looked a little bit proppy. Uh, so yeah, un- unfortunate for Jack there. I'm sure he'll be he'll be very disappointed, but um, we'll see him back up there f- in no time, I reckon. Um, yeah, once he once he's recovering from that stress reaction. But yeah, Liam and Brett, absolutely amazing performances, really, in, in those sorts of conditions. Um, and especially Liam, when we look at his when, when we look at his 5k split. So in 5k, he was 82nd, um, 10k, 75th, 15th, 70th, and he moved to to the half. At, he was in 65th, then 25K, 58th, 30K, he was 46th, and then absolutely got going, 35K, 39th, 40K, 28th, and then we saw him finishing, and, and I reckon he got someone almost in that home straight, you could see, and, and finished 24th, um, and he was watching him, he was moving across the road a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah, coming in 24th is, is a huge result and an improvement from um his Rio where where he finished 31st and and we interviewed him and, and had a chat about it and yeah I think he would that was kind of like the result he was hoping for sort of top 30 um so yeah he should be absolutely ecstatic with that one 
took down some big names as well, didn't he? Um, some big scalps in that. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> to keep keep getting to keep um, to, to run in the top thirty in the Olympic marathon um, in those conditions, and then what he did just to get to the line as well. He was obviously, and he, and he mentioned in an interview that he'd been struggling with some um, OP as well. So he, he sort of really, um, yeah, and even even in the trials and the way he got there, um, you know, had obviously missed out at Gold Coast and then went again. And, mm. yeah, he's just, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's so inspirational um, and definitely the... And I think you could hear in the commentary, I think a lot of, uh, I think even Bruce seemed a bit surprised about the whole working 50, 60 hour weeks, uh, being a tradie and, um, you know, hearing his story. And it was, it was quite cool that, um, yeah, he's that, what he's, what he's worked so hard for, um, yeah, was able to be seen on the big stage. And um, when he, yeah, when you think about how he had to prepare and, and other countries, obviously, um, may probably had it a little bit worse than us, but obviously, yeah, with with our lockdowns across, you know, the, the course of um, this year and, and last year, and trying to work around them and, and the hour exercise limit, um, so it's, it's very yeah. difficult to get your perfect preparation in, and, and then the travel that we was talking about, going up to Canberra and then Gold Coast and then Cairns, and and not being able to get back home at all, um, and then not being able to get to. Uh, Victoria University, where he would normally do his heat acclimation uh, sessions. Yeah. Um, so obviously, yeah, without the perfect prep, um, yeah, to, to come off with that performance is huge. And Chris, so you're a big um, big Kipchoge fan, so you must have uh, must have been excited watching the goat make that move. It was oh. about 30, 31, 32k, or maybe 30k. He just, yeah, it was so impressive. Oh, mate, just at 30K to go, it didn't look like he really changed much up. It's just like um, everyone just decided to start having a rest. But no, he just um, put the button down. I think that um, 35 to 40K split was around 14.30 and and the others couldn't go with him. But, um, you know, he he just makes it look so easy. I think early on the marathon, he's throwing out high fives and fist bumps to everyone around and just smiling and laughing and, and then on the way, you know, over that last 10K, um, once he was by himself, you just see the man smile and he's just really trying to soak the moment up, I guess. But, um, yeah, it was almost, um, yeah, he was just going to stroll back in, click his watch as he finished and um, pop it up on Strava and just roll it as 42K with um, easy with the lads. Um, yeah, he just looked like he was out there having a having a social run. But, um, yeah, I was 207 high, I think, um, from the re- 208, 208 yep. yeah. So um, what do you reckon? Um, so 208.38, and let's say, what? Well, like I was trying to think about what Liam's time, say, could equate to on a perfect course, assuming, you know, Kip, you know, assuming Kipchoge would, say, be in around, what, 202, 203? Um, 202, 203 shape. So what that's so six, six minutes. Um, take that six minutes off Liam's time and he's got a sub 210 there. So... Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of other factors um, that, and a lot of variables that come into play with that. But I was, I was trying to think of what, what would that 215 equate to if it was on a perfect day? Oh, nice day at Berlin. Surely that's a 210, a sub 210. Yeah, I reckon yeah. that's a sub 210 run. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, Mattress. I think um, looking at what the, the calibre of athletes and what times they're running, um, yeah, there's five, six minutes there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a amazing performance. Um, and yeah, to to see that the amount of people that that DNF'd as well, like it's about thirty yeah. percent, nearly thirty percent, I think, of the field ended yeah. up um, ended up DNFing. Um, and yeah, some some big names, um, of course, there. And and it was still great. Like I know I saw I watched it. Um, what watched I don't I can't remember what time it was, but quite a bit later. And, and Cam Levins from from Canada, he he was up there um, quite early on. And yeah, it was good. Like seeing him come across the line and finish, and and obviously meant so much to him to actually get to the finish. Um, and yeah, that was and that was yeah impressive to see some of those performances. You know, it's it's amazing to talk about um, Kipchoge winning and, and looking so good, but it's also great to see some that just obviously it wasn't their day and. And um, yeah, I guess some have put it on the line, but still got there in the end, even though they didn't have their perfect race. Yeah, well said, Mattress. Um, 10K going down down to the 10K, mate. Um, I think last week we we spoke about TNN. Um, I mean, your take on that, Chris? I mean, it was it was one of the images of um, the Olympics. I thought um, the way it, oh. the way it all unplayed. Yeah, sort of. Um... So 9.6 of Ks of just um, pure excitement and energy. And then um, sort of, as I thought he might be coming in, I was literally texting one of my athletes saying, oh, we could come top eight here. And mm. was looking into the finish straight and couldn't see him and thought, oh, maybe I've missed something or, you know, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe I was imagining things. But, um, yeah, it sort of it took me back to when Callum Hawkins had a tumble in the Commonwealth Games marathon and, um, I was frightened. Like, I just thought, oh my God, what's happened? You know, as he hit his, you know, fallen over and hit his head and, and, um, and sort of blacked out. But, um, yeah, very relieved to see him get back up and get across the line. And, um, yeah, I guess it's, it's hard to relate because I've never actually put my own body in that sort of position. But just to be able to, um, you know, the, to be able to get back up and subconsciously keep going and get to the finish line. Um, yeah, I mean, whilst it would have been amazing to see him on the start line for the 5K, I think um, made the right decision and get, give the body a spell and sort of properly recover. And, yeah, hopefully, um, I guess the more of the general public will be more aware of who Pat Tiernan is and hopefully he gets a chance to get out on the world stage and show just um, in, how much of an incredible athlete he is. Mm. That's all right. And what about um, Sif and Hassan in the 10K? Um, did you guys get... get- Get up, um, stay out late for. Well, actually, that wasn't too late. That one, that was, that wasn't so bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, her her ability to like it was her last race of the game. So, in six days, she's had nine races. She's ran sixty one and a quarter laps around the track. She must be <laughs> local legend dizzy. status. What's that? <laughs> local legend of the Tokyo oh, uh, Stadium. <laughs> yeah, well, you wish you had Strava, hey? And um, yeah, definitely <laughs> would have claimed that title and. That'll be the, that'll be up there for ninety days for sure. Um, and then and three medals as well. Um, yeah, super performance by her, and and yeah, topping it off with that amazing run in the ten k to to snag the gold over um, yeah the um, the Ethiopian um, who came second. Oh, g'day, that's the one. Um, and yeah, did you guys see how she was kind of like? I, I assume she was. G'day was getting clipped by Hassan. Hassan was sitting quite close to her and she kept kind of turning around and, and yeah. sort of um, signaling to her, well, if you're going to clip me, then why don't you just go to the front? Um, I know yeah, I think she wanted to do some too. work. As well. 
I think she obviously wanted to do some work, but it was like, well, yeah, yeah what do you do? I mean, you <laughs> going for the Olympic gold, you're not on the same team. It's um, <laughs> mm. it's and a tough one. Um, at that point, you know, they're almost 100 metres ahead of, of fourth place. So, and Hassan, like, as if you were going to, um, as if she was going to go there and, and, and try to force a pace on, um, yeah. full well knowing that she's, you know, already run nearly, nearly 60 laps of the track at that point. Um, you'd expect her to, to want to just sit back. And then she knew that she was going to be able to close so much quicker. I think the, remember when she fell um, during that 1500 mm. uh, heat and I think it was heat or semi, and she took a tumble. And, and I think this, the 100 meter split um, from the 800, well, what would it be? The, the 1200 to 1300 mark was 13.9 or something. So just kind of be able to zack her. I don't think you, oh, I've seen your strides. You're, no way. I could break 14, like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way. So and then did you see what she did in the last, um, the last 100? Yeah. In, last... This, in this 10K? Mm. 13.6. 13.6. Yeah, wow. so um, they were saying it was quicker than when Felix over her last hundred of the four hundred of her four hundred meter bronze, and also as fast as um, Mew in the eight hundred and Kip Yegan, uh, Yegan off uh, Faith Kip Yegan in the fifteen hundred goal, because that was it was a brutal kick down. Like you, know, you could mm. see it happening, and then that um, on that bend, did you? I don't know if you, you guys saw the traffic that was there, and um. There's a little bit of argy bargy, and then uh, yeah, she obviously just absolutely hammered that last, um, you know, that last hundred meters. I think it was also one of the first times I've seen her, you know, visibly, physically, a hundred percent spent on the ground yeah. after a race as well. I mean, I'm a, just used to seeing whether it's Diamond League or um, you know World Championships just come across the line, a nice smile barely sweating and just you know straight for the flag and onto the victory lap but um yeah i mean so i don't know it was absolutely like just incredible humidity and heat but yeah, yeah it's like oh maybe she is human after all <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i um totally got that as well that was um yeah watching her with the ice packs on the feet and then yeah she went from the feet on the ice packs to the head on the ice pack i was like i'd be i would have been doing it the other way around but <laughs> not, really, not really thinking clearly when you're on yeah just just finished a 10k like that was there talk that she's going to go around and do some of the, the remaining diamond leagues as well or the europe season yeah so have a couple of days of rest and then get going again <laughs> wow so, yeah that's um yeah well there wouldn't be too much left i wouldn't think on the um on the circuit but yeah i think she she earned she's earned a break surely <laughs> yeah. Up. Yeah, uh, 5k mattress yeah 5k so what we had um yeah i guess we'll go through the the heats first of all um and we had obviously as chris mentioned before unfortunately pat Tiernan couldn't couldn't back up for the heat which was totally understandable after after watching watching that 10k but we had um yeah we had uh morgan mcdonald uh, who finished 11th place in his uh, 5k heat in a time of 1337. Um, and again, the, the conditions were, were absolutely brutal. Um, and yeah, he, he had a, obviously had a good run, but 
unfortunately wasn't able to to progress um, to the the final. And then yeah, he was in the second heat. And then Dave McNeil uh, finished eighth in his five k in a time of thirteen thirty nine. Um, and he oh, so I, I was tight. thinking that if he was in um, Morgan McDonald's heat, which was um, I believe it was a bit bit faster than than um than Dave's heat, because the way Dave finished, I reckon Dave yeah would have been a, a better chance at getting through. Yeah, uh, it's just it's so deep, and isn't it? And mm. it's just a, yeah, so tough to get through that next round and into the final. But um, yeah, those two, um, I, I know you know Morgan's still on the rise, and Dave, um, yeah, I mean that's his his second or third, is it third win? Third, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's third. Yeah, yeah, London, Rio, and then uh, Tokyo. Yeah, mm-hmm. you wouldn't write him off from um, yeah, going around and make being a four time Olympian, uh, Paris. No, that's why the way he's going around with um, yeah, knocking PVs off. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, the longevity is incredible. And then did and you watch um, it? Yeah, did you catch the the final? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was. <laughs> I I um, I really thought a few people had sort of written chapter guy off, and I thought um, yeah, I, I went in and backed him, and uh, yeah, sub. Break 13 minutes, uh, yeah, it was an amazing run. Um, and then, yeah, obviously coming back off that 10,000-metre 10, silver. Yeah. And right. a couple of, um, yeah, the Canadian, uh, Ahmed and uh, Chalima, it was got pretty rough as well um, in that race as well in the, towards the end. Yeah. Miles um, Goff would be pretty happy with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think you mentioned him on, um, yeah, on a bit of the preview. What, what do you think? What do you think, Chris? Yeah, it was good. I think for Chepter guy to be able to back up from the 10K, um, saw the toll that it had taken on some of the other runners. It was just a phenomenal effort. And even just to go on, you know, sub 13, I know it's a, a little bit from his world record, but I mean, that was never in any danger. But um, yeah, it was a, it was awesome to see. And I had Chaplimo up to his antics, similar to when he was at the US trials <laughs> and just sort of pushing people wide and a bit yeah. of finger waggling and all that sort of stuff. So um, nah, it, was, um, it was a good race. And then what about the um the women's five Ks? We had a bit of a chat about um, last week with Jenny Blundell. Um, running yeah, a really uh, impressive heat, uh, going to the front early and then yeah, finishing with a 1511 uh, in 11th place. And we had uh, Izzy Bat Doyle uh, 1521 to finish 15th, and then uh, Rose Davies was in um, was in the first heat in the women's 5k and, and, and finished 18th and yeah she'll really benefit from that experience at the olympics and yeah keep keep an eye out for her um yeah in paris in a few years yeah more to come from from all those girls and obviously with world champs in paris i mean it sets them up getting that experience on the world stage and then uh in the steeple the 3k steeple so jen lacaz uh looked good in the in the heat um, and, and made her way through to the, to the final. Um, but yeah, I guess one of the, uh, I guess another distressing image um, mm. coming out of the, coming out of the games was, was her, her final, um, final attempt and, and landing over the, over the water jump. And then, yeah, unfortunately was, was unable to, to get back up and you could see her reach round to, to grab her right Achilles, I think it was. Um, mm. And as she said in a, in an interview after that, that she couldn't feel anything, couldn't couldn't feel the tendon there, 
um, that would have been, yeah, a horrible situation to be in for her and, and obviously quite distressing. And yeah, and now she's, uh, sounds like she's back and, and yeah, looks to, looks to be out for, for a little while, really um, put it on the line out there, out there um, on, on that night. Yeah, it was tough to watch. I mean, she's been um, absolute stalwart of um, Australian athletics, really, and um, what she's achieved so far. You just, it's just, uh, it's, it's not, not a, obviously a great way to see anyone in the in the, on the on the big stage in the Olympic final to go out that way. And now she's yeah going to have a, a really tough time with the rehab and all the rest of it. But um, it sounded like she's still keen to maybe move over the roads and maybe mm. step up towards a marathon, which will be which will be interesting um, yeah, in the coming years. Yeah, and like Chris said before, though, I think there was a few onions uh, being cut around the house when, when her interview <laughs> popped up um, for, yeah. for Channel 7 there. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was a bit of a tearjerker. Yeah. And what about the 1500s, guys? That was, um, first of all, the women's 15, um, the, the duo of Hall and Hull. Oh, Incredible race, and um, yeah, it's outstanding performances um, by the ladies. Oh, absolutely! I was just um, Jess Hull's my wife's favourite athlete, so uh, <laughs> we're glued to the TV for this one. Um, yeah, I mean, it just to even have two ladies in the fifteen hundred meter final is, is an awesome achievement in itself. But um, yeah, I. They'll um, certainly benefit from the experience and hopefully can push on. I mean, it's a bit of a, a golden age for um, Australian 1,500-metre running across the men's and women's at the moment. And, you know, it was two amazing representatives there in, in Jess and Lyndon. And the times they ran too, like yeah. <laughs> that Aussie record to go in the semi. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, even Lyndon running 359. Like just, yeah, correct. So good. And I think, yeah, Linda got um, in a bit of trouble at, at some mm. point and then was able to sort of get out and, and get going. And, uh, yeah, it was just amazing from both of them. And to see see two Aussies in it, yeah, like you said, Chris, in the Olympic final, um, you know, it's just captivating the nation, really. Like the people who aren't regular consumers of the sport seeing that, well, we've got some, we've got some depth here and we've got some real talent. Um, yeah, that was, that was super exciting to watch. Yeah, Linda really got some redemption um, from Rio when she she missed by something like 0.07 seconds to to make the final. Um, yeah, and and then she obviously wasn't she didn't want to just get there to to make up the numbers into the final. She wanted to yeah re- really go out there and and have a decent crack. Um, and that's what she did. And yeah, like you said, Zach, she did seem to get into a little bit of trouble, but then I know just just found the feet and and, and stormed home um, for a sixth place finish. So yeah, and three fifty nine PB. So yeah, huge at the you know in your third fifteen hundred in the in the you know matter of days is to to run a PB off that. So it really shows her, her fitness and, and how well she's going. And yeah, um, I'm looking forward to seeing um, yeah what what she can do from here. I'm not sure if she's going to be heading back over well heading to Europe because she came from came from um, mm. she didn't go to Europe in the first place. So whether she might head back or head over there and um, and do any races, but yeah, time will tell, I guess. Yeah, I think there's a pretty classic still to go, isn't there? Yeah, and that's sort of like obviously a Nike event. Mm. So yeah, I guess that might be something that she'll she'll look to do. And yeah, I, I mean, 
whether I mean if you wouldn't want to be coming back here to do two weeks quarantine and then yeah. going going to America and then having to come back to do two more weeks quarantine and knock out a month of a year in quarantine. Um, so yeah, I assume yeah, it should be you'd be looking to fly straight from Tokyo across to across to America if you wanted to do that. Yeah. Men's side, that was uh, a lot of hype around uh, Stewie and it lived up to the expectations with both uh, Stewie and, and Ollie getting through into the final again. Amazing to have two two uh, Aussies in a in a fifteen hundred meter final in the Olympics. Yeah, what do you think, Chris, with the Stewie's run? Uh, yeah, really cool. Oh, for for both the guys, I I love the way they went about it. Just tried to do it on their terms. Um, you know, I think last Olympics it was a three fifty got the job done because they just jogged for most of it and then kicked down. Whereas this time it was. You know, it was um, pretty much full noise from from the guns. So, um, you know, Stewie put it out there and, and sort of put himself in a spot. And then with about sort of three or 250 to go, just couldn't quite go with, with the kick. And, um, yeah, just wasn't quite there um, for the medals. But, I mean, once again, you know, he's a, a guy from a tiny dot on the map. Um, you know, the islands of you know, Tasmania to come in and, you know, he's one of the best 1500 metres runners in the world and, and Ollie Hoare as well. Um, you know, both guys pretty young and not at their peak yet. So, yeah, who knows? Hopefully in three years' time when the next Olympics rolls around, they're back in the, in the medal conversation. But, you know, the exciting thing is we've got world championships before then and Olympic <laughs> Games and, and plenty of other um, chances to see these guys really um, advance their name on the stage. Yeah, I like to see what um, Ollie did was when he he really attacked it to start. He he had a game plan and he he put it out there and sort of got himself into a great position. But it just looked like he he just ran out of legs. Um, and it it wasn't yeah he he made sure that early on he was there. And yeah, if he was feeling good, he he was um in with a chance. But yeah, it just seemed to seemed to unfortunately yeah <laughs> others were a bit stronger and and like I say when in um in a year's time for the world champs and com games. And in three years, three years more, it'll be yeah, that much stronger. Um, yeah. And hopefully be able to hold it. And then I don't know if you guys saw, but it was in one of the semis that went, the Polish athlete lost his shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Finished, I think maybe three fifty four or something like that, but yeah, he got reinstated um, to the final oh, he? because he lost his shoe, which was yeah. an interesting choice. Um, and we saw a lot of people actually get reinstated for for falls um, throughout the yeah throughout the games, and, and obviously never seen anything like it before. Maybe yeah. Future tactic, maybe in the heats, sort of struggling <laughs> a bit, or want to have an easy one, just loose shoelaces, and off comes the, the spike, yeah. and yeah, easy ticket yeah. through. Yeah, imagine that you could like yeah get your whole you know the whole of your country's teams the, the three of them and you just stand on each other's <laughs> shoes and then each yeah. of you progress to the final like I, I, it was just a very yeah interesting choice that um yeah interesting decision that he was able to to um yeah. i think if you can do it on purpose it's a pretty decent skill to be able to run at 330 <laughs> odd pace and take your shoe off but yeah. and having a finish he's still at 354 on one shoe <laughs> yeah on one shoe and it, it got knocked off like was it like 200, 300 metres into the race? So I think I'm pretty sure from what I remember. So, yeah, I was, there was a quite a few stacks throughout the um throughout the whole game. Yeah. And quite a few reinstatements. So, yeah, it was quite a bit of argy-bargy and, yeah, people really putting it out there. And the men's 800, well, now, if ever something was going to 
capture the imagination of uh, of Australia uh, out from the games. This was uh, definitely yeah. It had a I remember walking into the staff room and fifteen people asking me about um, <laughs> what my thoughts were on on how Peter Bowl was going to go. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was um, yeah incredible incredible performance by by Peter. I think in the viewership he was the second behind um, Rowan Browning to pray. So on three million people, three million viewers for that um, for that eight hundred meter final. So talk about everyone just getting behind him. It was yeah, unbelievable. And then um, like his race itself, he he really um, yeah. I was I remember I was trying to. I was, it was late for me. It was late. I know, Zaka, you, you're, you're a bit of a night owl. Um, it was early for you, but yeah, I was, oh, I couldn't get to sleep after this, after this yeah. race. And remember when we were talking about a couple, of, oh, it must have been two weeks ago when we were doing the previews and we, we did speak about bowl. And um, I don't even think he ranked in the top 20. I think it was like 27th in the world going to this race. Um, and we were to and fro whether he could get through the final, and then mm. obviously did. But even the depth of um, what what our what our boys did, you know, with um, Jeff also getting through and Charlie Hunt getting through the semis, um, that was that was great effort. And um, yeah, and then to see what Bowl did uh, was just just huge to to be able to mix it up with those athletes that had um, you know much quicker PVs than him, and then he, he just he he was fearless. Oh, it was incredible. Um, just to follow the journey from the heats um, into the semis and then to the final, like every time he ran, just to see his play, he gave himself the best chance to do well every time, just straight out to the front um, or, you know, tuck in there second and just get the job done. Um, you know, it's, it's a shame the 800 doesn't take longer to run because it's just, mm-hmm. I was shattered because I just wanted to enjoy the experience a bit more. But, um, just the footage of seeing his family um, over in Western Australia all together. And I think that the house was packed to the rafters, sort of 30 <laughs> or 40 people <laughs> all jammed in there together. Um, I mean, if he had a one of medal, that house would have collapsed. Um, yeah. was, everyone would have been jumping around having a great time. But um, th- this is probably one of the best stories, I think, to come out of the games. And I hope, um, you know, people like, you know, Peter Boll um, with lockdown and um, sort of people looking for that distraction and all sort of gravitating towards the Olympics that, you know, he, he really does start to become a household name, which I hope then in turn provides him the opportunity to, you know, work even harder with in, in training. I mean, he's got arguably one of the greatest 800 metre coaches in the world in Justin Rinaldi. I mean, you look yeah. at the results he's helped people achieve over the last few years. Um, you know, and how amazing would it be to have, a medalist in, in an Olympics or a world championships um, in the 800 meters, uh, you know, for, for those, for those people who are aspiring to go and try an 800 or a 1500 and haven't done it, um, pop down to your local track and mm-hmm. just find out how hard it is. Like it's, yeah. it's not easy. It's not, doesn't sound like far, but my God, it's a brutal event. But um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And can, can you, you imagine how, I was just going to say, in terms of inspiring a nation and to um, imagine the amount of, within those 3 million viewers, the amount of kids that now want to go and do an, you know, go and get into athletics, get into water athletics, go and watch a meet, go and, um, you know, just get out and be active. And to see someone like Peter do that on the world stage, 
um, yeah, it was it's just so exciting for the sport to now utilise these stories um, to really bring more people um, along. And, you know, you can go along to a, to a box hill and see Peter and a Vic Milers, you know, <laughs> and um, this is a guy that's, you know, has absolutely proven on the world stage um, where he's at. And, and yeah, there's, there's so many opportunities to, to really um, build off this for the sport. Mm. And I really like the, the interview that he did after, um, after mm. the race. And one of, the, one of the things he said was to Australia, I'm thankful we inspired yeah. the whole nation and that's the goal. And so it wasn't so much making it about himself. He was like, I want to inspire other people to get out and do this. And, and I think that's what he had probably maybe in the, in the back of his mind. It's like, I'm, I'm not just doing this for myself. I'm doing this for, for the whole, you know, the, the whole of it, us as a nation. And I'm sure he, he would have known about all the, all the lockdowns and everything going on and, and, and what that meant to Australia with him making the final and, and putting it out there. So, yeah, that I think is such a great representative um, of the sport there. I mean, in terms of just the, as we round out the events, you talk about what um, overall the track and field team did and some um, third best result in half a century, um, was it 14 top eights? Um, yep. Yeah, 18 PVs five Australian records, like <laughs> amazing, um, amazing performance from all the, um, all the events, uh, all the track and field athletes from Australia. Yeah. Well, what, Chris, what would you say is your, was your pick of, um, what was your highlight of the, um, of the, uh, of the Olympics on the, well, let's just go to the, the track and field. Yeah. Um, oh, Very hard probably, question. <laughs> yeah. I suppose, and I'll clarify with saying it's my favourite, not probably the one that I think was the best performance, but the one that sort of hit me in the, in the heartstrings the most was Sinead's marathon run. Um, you know, just, I guess, knowing the story and top 10 in, in the world in that event, I think it's incredible, but um, Peter Bowl not far behind. Um, fourth, fourth in an Olympics, 800 metres. And, um, you know, sort of from where he's come from, um, and yeah, even as you mentioned, Zach, just his rankings going into into the games. But um, yeah, I, just that they were probably the, the two standouts for mine. But yeah, I could probably fill an hour <laughs> going through all, all the things that I loved. So yeah. What about you, yeah. Zach? Yeah, it's it is it's spot on, Chris. It's so hard to split them, and in terms of fair, I'm going to go with bowl just because I just I just thought of. Um, Oh, just to see what he was able to do um, to a nation um, in these times. And just, I think it's just what everyone needed. And um, yeah, I, I think that was for me, the moment of the games. Yep. yep. New uh, mattress. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. I think Bol, um, I think that, yeah, the, the way he um, presented himself and then, raced and and like you say like that's exactly what we needed um at this time and yeah it was just so inspirational and and with with that much viewership um i think that's that's really something that we needed to see and and hopefully it yeah promotes the sport um and people get out and and, and you know like we're we've been talking a lot about and you know keeping healthy and and how good running is for you not not just for you know performances and trying to crack pbs and things like that but for the mental health side as well and and hopefully yeah that's that's what um yeah i, th I think that's that's going to be the the performance of me because 
because of that. And I reckon it's inspiring um, a lot more people. Yeah. It's fascinating on that. When you look at that, I think the Herald Sun published that top 20 viewerships, maybe it was, and, and then the top 10 um, athletics had eight of those slots. You know, <laughs> hockey was in there for the Australian final um, and then the four by hundred freestyle. Apart from that, it was, it was all athletics in the top 10 of viewerships in a hundred meters, 800, 100 hurdles, 800 semi high jump. Um, steeple was in there. Yeah, it was 2,700 people watching the women's 3,000 meter steeple <laughs> chase final. Um, do you know what helped? I know what helped that. I reckon in terms of like how athletic was, so was the timing. Yeah, because the swimming was all yeah. in the morning. I don't want to. Mm. No, nah, actually, it's because the athletics is way better. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i just they just smashed it out of the park and i you just hope now that i mean this is just something that channel seven could say well this is a this is a sport that people generally when it's on love watching it yes i know there's a differentiation when it's not the world's best and i think traditionally um joe blogs on the couch might just only want to see a steeple when the world's best are going around and there's a lot of hype with the Olympics it might be a bit more difficult, but there's still got to be some, um, some case to say, Hey, why not put the trials for these, um, you know, world champs on channel seven and see how it goes. If there is enough people that are, you know, now bought into what these Australian athletes are doing on a world stage. Yeah. That, that would be so good to see. And yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure how we'll go about getting getting that going. Like, um, it used to be, it wasn't on SBS, I think, maybe even for a bit there with Channel 10. And yeah, it's it's also a lot about the way the programming works as well. Like, you know, none of these 10 minute gaps between races, you just need to, you know, it might be just an, a, a jam packed hour of just race after race after race um, and people fighting it out. And I mean, I've been like, watching you know say if i'm at home watching a milers meet and i and i'm watching an, an e-grade 1500 and you know it's seen see, watching the finish can just get so exciting because you know, usually yeah. you know if i'm sitting there with Gemma and i'll be like oh, i reckon you know the the, the girl yeah. with the um you know the tall girl there i reckon she's going to win and, and general like nah nah the, the girl in green's going to win yeah. you know just, just duking it out like it's just exciting so yeah i, I just think it 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 does it, for that to happen. It needs to be able to be worked into a, a streamlined, um, yeah, a streamlined set schedule rather than yeah having these massive gaps in between. And also like sharing sharing the stories um, as well and making people relate to to these people. Like I mean, Liam's such a good story. Like people can relate to that, um, mm. and we need to yeah promote it more. Um, and and yeah, I think I think there's a couple of things there that would help to get that off the ground. Yeah, I really agree with you there on the stories, Matty. Um, you know, you ever think about it, you know, you, and your milers, mate, is, is a good example. So, you know, it might be degraded the milers that's never going to be shown in prime time on Channel 7. But if you know half of the field and know their stories or their people that you're coaching, you're heavily invested in how they go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here we go. We've got some world-class athletes with some fascinating stories who are actually really good role models and people as well. It's almost like the perfect storm. So if 
you know, we can help the general population learn about these people and I guess become really invested in how they go. Um, you know, for me, it almost sells itself. Um, but yeah, I know I suppose I'm a little bit more interested in it than the average person, but, um, you know, if we can really help people understand and, um, you know, learn about how amazing these people are, that if they are on TV, um, bang, they'll sort of like, um, moss to the flame really, hopefully. (laughs) That's so true. I was talking to my neighbor, um, I was out. Yeah, trying to start a mower. It was I was really struggling in the cold. The mower hates me in the cold. Um, and there, yeah, it wasn't working. And he came over and had a bit of a chat to him and asked if he'd been watching any Olympics. And he said, Nah, nah, I don't really watch that anymore. He's like, I, I can't. Um, I, I don't know anybody. I don't know any of them, so I can't really relate to it because I don't. And yeah, it, it just needs to be put out there more. Um, and like. I know, yeah, there's, there's a lot more podcasts starting up as well that trying to trying to share the stories and you know, need more things like that, which will, yeah, like you say, Chris, help help people um, be more invested then and know and relate to to those people. And when you when you do know them, because I said to him, well, I'm you know I know quite a few of the people, um, or know at least at least know their stories anyway, um, and that makes it so much more invested in in watching it then. Yeah, I mean, geez, we could probably do another whole podcast on things that <laughs> probably <laughs> we could do to try and bring the sport up and get more exposure because we're all obviously heavily biased and invested mm-hmm. in in seeing the sport grow. But um, yeah, just we we just uh, fingers crossed that this um yeah this is an inflection point that it really does does take off and we get a, a nice boom into the next um you know, the next few years of uh, lots of competitions coming up and then off the back of yeah travel uh, you know restrictions and everything easing that we can start to have some real quality um you know events and, and maybe see australia as a destination for events to, to to be at for say track meets you know why, why can't we get a diamond league down here yeah that's right um, yeah imagine that put it on the map where would you have it box hill yep yeah. box hill <laughs> <laughs> definitely get on the back straight at box hill <laughs> watch stewie go around in a diamond league at box hill <laughs> Might have to do something about the lights, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because you'd wanted it, yeah, you'd wanted it at twilight, moving into dark, and yeah, get Ingebrigtsen around there. That'd be Jakob around there. That'd be poor, amazing. Get him down to God's Country for the Sunday Run mattress. Yeah, around Devil Bend or something. That'd be good. He'd love it down there, I reckon. Yeah, up in the distance though, and be like, mate, turn right, turn right. Um, Speaking of our own training mattress, um, excited to find out how you're traveling because I know you've been getting a bit of momentum and um, I'm a little bit worried as to um, how far away you're getting getting away from me at the moment. (laughs) Oh, not too far, but yeah, I feel like I have, like you said, yeah, gained a little bit of momentum in in the last few weeks and and body's starting to feel good. And um, yeah, I guess one thing I noticed is the easy runs are coming out a lot, um, a lot more cruisy and yeah that, i think that's something that i that i've noticed what happens when i'm starting to start to get that um, good bit of fitness back but yeah so on uh yeah a couple of couple of sessions again this week but i did have a down week so i i knocked the some of the mileage off the some of the volume off and and also knocked back the um the tuesday session to just a, a 20 minute fart leg so i did the fart leg that you did um last week zaka um, one that we did that your own fart leg mattress 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just call it. I think I've been calling it fart licking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the one. So it moves between. Um, so the ons are, are four minutes on. Uh, so four one three one two one. Um, so the fours, uh, I was trying to hit them around ten k pace, and and the ones at around five k pace. So so the one the the shorter reps a bit faster than the longer reps. Um, and yeah, did that around down here in Mornington um, on the gravel, and and that ended up coming out with a probably the best I've ever done that session before, and an average three thirteens. And yeah, I was surprised at how a couple of times I checked my watch. Um, and see how I was going, see, see the pace I guess I was going and, and I was surprised at, at what it was telling me. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's just starting to feel a little bit more comfortable at, at pace. And yeah, it's always, a, I guess, a good sign with, with hope. Well, I, I've got my doubts, but yeah, with Albert Park and um, I'm, I'm meant to be on the weekend. But yeah, if, if not that, hopefully get a race in soon around that 10K mark. Um, and then, yeah, I'll cut back on Monday, Wednesday runs, um, and then got out for a Friday. So I wanted to get out the Friday session so that I could um, just do an easy run before the women's marathon on the Saturday. So I got out and just did a, a 5K tempo, um, averaging around 319s and then six nice. by 30 bit seconds of, on off. Bit of a pacing job, I see. Yeah, a bit of a pacing job. Yeah, that's all right. Yep. Nice yep. So yeah, got out around for the, for the 5K pace. And then, yeah, in the 30 seconds on, I was, um, again, it was, like I had to look back through the um, through the the data upload on, on on Strava and saw that I was yeah getting down into 250 sort of pace or under 250 pace for for the 30s and whether or not that's accurate or not like for, for a 30 second rep uh, but yeah just feeling a lot more comfortable at that that faster work and then got out before the men's uh, marathon for an hour 39 just from home um, yeah just tried to tried to I don't know not really like cut it back in terms of volume from two hours a week before um, and not really try to belt it. And yeah, yeah. Finish that feeling. Um, like we've talked about before, Zaka to feeling um, exhilarated instead of exhausted at the end of, uh, end of that and the end of the week. And yeah, that was kind of, I guess the aim for that, for that down week and finished with 127 Ks. So just knocked off eight Ks from the week before and, and just a little less intensity in the week. Um, yeah. Leading into this week and, Potentially, well, Albert Park hasn't been cancelled yet, um, but yeah, if not, probably a time trial. So that was the. Uh, so you, was you'll the do week. a time trial on the, on the Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, I'm not sure yet. Um, might look at the weather. That's what that's the that's the good thing about time trials, isn't it? You can um, you can adjust to um, suit suit what um, conditions going to be best. Good way to round out a block as well, I think, because you've you've sort of built nicely and yeah, just use it as a bit of a as a reset point. Like I guess mm. you can um, obviously you had a nice nice still a solid week and then sort of a mini mini taper the last few days leading into the weekend this coming and then into a yeah. into a time trial. Yep, yeah, that's right. That's exactly it. That's what that's what the plan is. And yeah, like you say, it, it will be good to finish off a block with a with a hard 10k with a bit of a 10k time trial and because i really feel like when i did the 5k one um was a couple of weeks ago i bounced off that really well and, and i think it's exactly what i needed just to uh really get myself um hurting for a longer amount of time and yeah i felt like that was um yeah that's helped me along over these last couple of weeks yeah i feel like the the time trials can 
look, as, as hard as they are to get up for, especially off the last 18 months where we've been having to endure them because we haven't had races, but they do give you a chance to go, like, bring you forward because some of the sessions just, you know, week in, week out, um, yeah, you get fit off, you know, you can keep the fitness going, but just putting yourself outside the comfort zone and pushing for a extended period um, you know, without recoveries in there and actually going, okay, I'm, I'm going to go out here and, and time trial. Uh, I think you can come off it, you know, if you safely come off with a recovery week. Um, yeah, it could sort of be a good point to, to then kickstart another block. Yeah, that's, and that, I guess, moving then from the 10K would be, yeah, potentially going into the Melbourne Marathon block after that. So, yeah, like you say, getting out of that comfort zone, it's not always it's obviously not enjoyable um but it is uh, what you have to do sometimes to um to kick kick start and and move along and progress from there and what about you zaka how was your how was your week yeah i'll say just along that that line of comfort zone i I changed it up doing or doing my regular sort of workouts uh workout location and maybe try and do something a little bit different just to mix it up and went out and did a session with a couple of um this is pre pre-lockdown and pre where we could travel around a bit and uh that was on the tuesday did some 1k reps um off 60 seconds haven't done that for a while um it's a session i used to do a lot of the tan week in week out um this one at princess park slightly different um setup around there it was a little bit dark and wet in some areas so we 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 found a way to do it um and just found um one way was a lot quicker than the other um and yeah it was um it's still good like I felt like I just haven't done this this was probably a good um good way to get a bit exposed as to um doing those longer it's probably tougher workouts I've probably been sitting in just coming off that marathon block and that rebuild phase and this was a good good move for me to kind of um just up the tempo a bit add in the extra two go I've done six by a k um probably four weeks ago or so and then yeah to, to go to eight eight by a k of 60 had a um tim bryant uh, and athletics victoria running around collingwood maxi and show who were um, both melbourne uni um club teammates um so it was good having a few people around and just um yeah when you do a lot of workouts by yourself you kind of know where you sit you know how you're traveling but then to have just the person ahead of you and being able to key off them it's um yeah that was that was good fun and yeah, share, share the pain together and yeah, forgot what it's like those eight by K. I mean, you get to six and you're like, yeah, I'm starting to really feel this and you just got to dig and um, yeah, it was, it was good to get that one ticked off and yeah, rest of the week with lots of easy running, still working this, managing this knee with load and um, you know, keeping um, it's, it's a little bit of a roller coaster. Some days it's good. Some days it's not, not as great. And it just depending on, you know, keeping up the exercises through the day and um, it's just a case of yeah riding that wave um, with a niggle and um, but session wise I'm not really feeling it I can feel it sort of halfway through a session sometimes but then you kind of get back on and um, you know I think maybe your concentration you can can put it to one side um, but yeah not getting any worse but you know it's just slowly progressing and Saturday watch the marathon in the morning uh, knowing that, yeah, I'd have to get out in the Arvo. I was pretty inspired to do a, a 30-minute tempo. Uh, and yeah, something just a nice 
session that I can work. I, I enjoy the, the extended tempos and being able to work into them for the, for the first 10 minutes and then just, um, yeah, felt, felt good. And there was a lot of, a lot of people out there and a lot of it, a big fever, I think. I think people, I don't know, that maybe they thought that I'd just been watching the Olympics and just figured I'd just jump off the couch and start running because this doesn't happen often at all. But like, yeah, there was literally eight people throughout the um, run had, you know, were giving me thumbs up, going, oh, go, go, go for gold. And lady running down a window saying, just, just randomly said Olympics. That was it. I mean, I don't know what that means, but I think she might've thought I just, that inspired I'm, I'm going to train for Paris, but um, yeah, that was, that was entertaining. Um, and then, yeah, Sunday got out again watched the marathon in the morning and had that hanging over my head the old uh, arvo long run um for my yeah just just got it done uh, tick the box and yeah back to back to some regular regular programming um times from here on in yeah good week man what, what was the uh mileage then for uh i actually looked i reckon it might have been under yeah 95 94.8 yep yeah, I had it um, Thursday. I just ran an easy 30 minutes. Um, mm. Just wanted to settle things down. And um, probably that that's probably what jag, dragged it under the uh, 100K mark. But consistent last four weeks, I think it's uh, at 100, um, yep. which is kind of a nice um, pos- you know, position for me to be in without pushing the boat out with mm. the body. And then um, I think, uh, all things going well, I'll get a, another couple of weeks in solid and then look to sort of follow suit and, and get on, get out and do a time trial and see where I'm at. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Third, like that 30 minute tempo average three twenty twos. That's a, that's solid going, mate. You're still obviously still got the fitness there. Yeah. I feel feeling good on the longer, just a um, little bit, like I've said previously, just need to get the, the mm. wheels going on um, some shorter stuff. So, but yeah, it's coming, it's coming together. And the older you are, the, the harder it is to get, the harder it is to um, build yeah. and get that longer yeah. you need in order to get that fast work um, mm. in the legs. Yeah, just getting that balance between, um, yeah, putting in, still still doing the uh, longer work, but also throwing in some some shorter to, to get the wheels going. And Chris, how are you traveling down there, mate? You've... Um, Starting to pull some weeks out. I know you're pretty consistent on the uh, on the Strava graph there, week in week out. How are you travelling? Yeah, no, it's going along pretty well, mate. Sort of last week, um, I guess was designed around trying to be, you know, I guess sharpen up a bit ahead of the 10k with AV that probably won't happen this Sunday. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, which is a bit disappointing, but um, you know, I'm getting used to that now that these three races cancelled in a row, so I might be. Um, joining um, yourself and Mattress with a time trial on the weekend. We'll, we'll see what the coach says about that. But, um, yeah, it was sort of, I think, I 72 Ks for the week, um, you know, mostly easy runs. But I think we had um, 7 K easy on Monday, 14 K easy Tuesday. And they were both around sort of 450 Ks. Um, Wednesday, um, Pilates in the morning and, and strength in the, in the evening, uh, which was good. And then... Um, Thursday midweek long run um, went headed out with Anna to the botanical gardens and did sort of eight Ks of, of undulating hills out there. So yeah, it was nice to um, sort of go and tick that off. Um, yeah. I, where I was 16 K all up for that one. And then 
pretty early start on Saturday to, to get home in time for the for the ladies marathon so out the door for the warm-up at, at 5 30 and um must must have been the week for k rep Zaka um or anyone who's got a, got a 10k um a couple of weeks away that um yeah went and did eight by one k uh, which is the first time i've done that many k reps in or probably since oh i'd probably probably two or three years i reckon um typically for sort of around six um but yeah really enjoyed it um i know what you're talking about when you say you get to six reps in and think oh I don't know about these last two, but um, rolled through that pretty well. Um, I think I averaged 320. Yeah, 329. Yeah, came home really well. Yeah, averaged 329 across the K reps. I think the first seven were sort of between 328 and, and 330, um, 331. And then I know probably one of those things where, um, you know, do as I say, not as I do, and just decided to do a bit of a last rep, best rep, and um, rolled yeah. that in three twenty three to finish that off. So, yeah, it was a nice little confidence builder, but um, pulled up well, uh, which was good. And then a bit of a shorter long run uh, yesterday when did you know around seventeen and a half k at sort of four fifty, um, just to finish off the week. Nice. What shoes did you have on for the K reps, Chris? Um. Rolled the Endorphin Pros for those. Um, big fan, big fan of the yeah. shoe. Um, <laughs> when the road's dry, they're sensational. If it's a bit greasy, not quite the best because um, the grip on them is not wonderful. But oh, yeah. just a, a nice, well-balanced poppy shoe, I find. that Love them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen you. You're a big fan of them popping up. So, yeah, that's great. Great workout. Yeah, good week, man. Yeah, I'll see Obviously, we'll see what the coach says about whether a time trial is a, a good idea or not. Yeah, we sort of um, we're really keen just to get on the start line, just to mm. you know get the experience again because it's been a little while yeah. for me. But um, yeah, I don't know how much longer I can wait. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's sort of getting itchy feet, but um, I don't know. We'll see. I'll always defer defer to the boss. Yeah. Nice one. Mattress, we've got a couple of listener questions or one listener question to round out. Yeah, we do. So Andy Lane um, sent sent through a, a couple of questions and, and we'll go with um yeah, we'll go with one of those for, for now and maybe we'll we'll keep the other one for for another episode. Um so he's asking for some oh yeah, thanks also, Andy, for, for sending sending that through. And, and there's a couple more that we've got too that we'll keep keep in our um back pocket for another couple of episodes time so tips for becoming more mentally tough during races so what it chris how do you go around that for for keeping that sort of mental toughness um yeah through through that race when when we can when we can get into races yeah no look great question andy too um for me a lot of my mental toughness work comes in training um you know and it's with those days where the weather's not great um, where you're a bit tired, where you know you're just not quite feeling it, sort of try and frame those as an opportunity to, you know, this is where I can improve my mental toughness and showing myself that I can get through to the other side when it does get a bit difficult or that I don't feel like it. So, um, yeah, for me, it's just how I frame it that, you know, it, it, I just might not feel like getting out there that day, but hey, here's something that, you know, if I can get this done, here's the positives that I can take away from it. And, um, you know, it sort of feels like I'm a bit more battle tested that, you know, when a race rolls around, if it's 
if it's super windy or if it's really hot, if it's wet, if I've gone out too hard and blown up that it's okay because I've, I've done it tougher in training. I've had runs by myself that haven't gone to plan. So um, yeah, it's sort of just for me, find an opportunity to, you know, embrace the, the chance that comes up when, you know, things don't go your way and, and find a way to succeed. Awesome. What about you, Saka? Yeah, right along the lines of Chris, I think, um, you know, you get that through the training, the commitment and the, the toughness you get from completing sessions. And I like um, what you're sort of pointing around, um, thinking about, yeah, sessions that, or even we've had a, a tough, situation in a, in a workout but you've got out of it and I think um, you know you then stand on the line knowing that whatever sort of whatever scenario comes comes out in the race you can get through it and you've proven that you have in the past um, you know even like you know I've done workouts I've done races where I've warmed up and felt horrible and felt like oh, I don't know how I'm gonna you know how I'm gonna get a race out today like and then you look at the result and you're like, absolutely smashed today. So things like that um, you can draw upon. And I think um, using that in your race where, you know, you're going through a tough spot, you start to think back to, um, yeah, times where you've been at, you know, rep five or rep six of the, the 1K reps, but you've been able to run your last K, the, the best you have out of the whole workout. Um, so, yeah, that um, also just, yeah, Drawing on, um, you know, mentally tough during races, sometimes it's, um, yeah, I, I think breaking it up and putting it into little little achievable blocks that, you know, you can sort of work towards. I know in the marathon, I really do like chunking it into different sections, knowing that, okay, get to this point, we're going to reset and start again. Um, and, yeah, in, in, in different parts of the race, um, utilising different ways to almost distract yourself to, you know, start thinking positively rather than, um, yeah, we couldn't, we can always find negative sometimes in a race. Like you start to feel like, Oh, you know, I've started to hurt, but then if you can start to yeah, find a way to look at positives, um, you know, I really think that's a good way to attack it during a, during a race. Mm. And you mattress. Yeah. So I guess like the question is talking about um, becoming more, mentally tough and and i think that's yeah that um that's like you guys are saying it's, it's got to come through training um it's got to really yeah, develop that sort of uh, ability in the training and then that's going to lead to hopefully lead to the to the races um and so yeah like when you're when you're saying that you, you it's cold it's wet it's windy it's rubbish weather but you're still just you're still just turning up and, and um make it true and you're giving it your best and, and and sticking to the plan then of um of not just you know sitting back on the couch and watching the olympics and you're actually getting out there and doing it when conditions aren't right um and then when you get to the race you can start thinking well you know if, if it's a if it's a terrible day um you've done it in training and you can go in with that confidence then knowing that you've done it in training and and um replicate it then in the race and and it's not foreign to you um and i mean a lot about also another thing is is a lot about training is is um that you your body doesn't uh, get used to you get used to not panicking um mm. the more training and race and more training and tough sessions you do like you 
you might get to a point in a session and and you're you're really tired and fatigued, but you recognise that hey, no, this this isn't too bad. I, I can still push on. Um, and the more training you do, the the more chance that you've got of of um, of being able to get through that without panicking. And then that can also um, spur you on for a race as well. Um, and that that sort of thing, I guess, is is why one of the you know it's not just the physical aspect of training but that mental side of training as well and, and that gives you that ability to do that um, during races and there's a couple of techniques i guess that you can use in um in in uh training and practice them in training that can then see if they work and, and use them in races and and that's trying to first of all is to not trying not to uh or try to change it um the, what you think about the the training session or the race is more of a challenge um, mm. and that can help with the mental side of it. So thinking, thinking this is a challenge rather than some, you know, challenge yourself to do this and, and it can reframing it like that can really help with getting through a, a tough, a tough patch or a tough race. Um, and then also, I know I've done techniques like counting to a hundred um, that have really worked. I remember Zaka when we were, uh, when we were duking out, and, and Lisa Waitman, you and Lisa Waitman, and it dropped us at um, at Sandy Point in that 10k. And I remember, you know, I was going through a bad patch at that point, and and I started to just look at like the next street sign or the next um, yeah. the next uh, light pole, and just getting to that next point and getting to that next point. And and I've practiced that in training and and having that to to go to in races has really helped. So that's just a, a couple of ways, I guess that. That I see is counting and, and yeah, breaking down in into sections in your race is, is something that I go to um, to help with that mental toughness. Yeah, mantras and also good if you can get it something that you can just sort of revert back to that just you use throughout your race that you you can sort of go back to and and repeat and sort of have it in the back of your head um yeah i, I don't know I've, I've used that in the past where you just sort of have a few that you know you just sort of around being ready and taking it on and in, and i like what you said about yeah just embracing the challenge and um i think if as runners we've always been in situations where we've been injured or we're coming back and just when you're in a when you're in a situation where you're racing say and you're feeling good i think um it's good to also remind yourself that, you know, you, you should be proud of where you're at and, and to embrace that and take that on. Absolutely. Well, we'll have to, uh, I think, Chris, you've got, uh, you've got to get out for, for a run or something. Yeah, we should get back in, uh, yeah, get out there and do some training, I think. Yeah, that's get right. Ready, ready for <laughs> well, thanks very much for, for your time, Chris, and your input and, and sharing, you know, how, how what you saw on the Olympics and, and so you know it was a, a, an amazing spectacle and yeah really grateful for for you jumping on uh, thanks for the opportunity to come and have a chat guys love it thanks Chris hopefully soon we can uh, catch up down the track for a run <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully at an event that'd be that'd be awesome <laughs> that'd be the way to go yeah <laughs> well keep going well mate good to hear from you